How is everyone doing today? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone have a good post-Easter week. I guess first week of Easter tide, right? We talked a little bit about that last week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So before we get going, we're going to go over our student sheet this week. So top in word search. I know some of you absolutely love word searches. You know my feelings on word search. I'm terrible at them, so I don't like them. But um, I understand some of you do races with these. So first one that finishes it, I want to see a hand up. So we will see who the first one is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, the at-home activity this week is related to the greatest commandment about making um, a little mobile, so you can kind of help you keep the greatest commandment in your head all the time above, above, above your bed or wherever you're going to hang it. So instructions are on here. And the memory verse this week is the greatest commandment from Mark 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. We'll touch a little bit on those in a second. I have a pocket. Pocket sweet. Now, I should address the why I'm wearing a jacket. It's not cold enough for a jacket, but I apparently am, haven't mastered the art of drinking coffee. And so I took up a drink of coffee and spilled, so I have a giant coffee stain down here. And so, jacket. <laughs> so, for the next two weeks, we are going to go on a worship journey together. We're going to look at just what is worship? How do we define worship? How does the Old Testament talk about worship? How does Jesus talk about worship? How, how, what does that mean for us today? How do we live worship? So we're going to spend the next couple weeks doing that. We're, we'll talk about a little later where we have some daily devotionals we'll hand out, so we kind of go on this journey together. But today, what we want to focus on is just getting an understanding, what does the Bible say about worship? What what do we feel? What do we do? What is worship? That's what we're going to focus on today. And now, if you know my background, of course, we're starting in the Old Testament for where worship is. So, in the Old Testament, we have pretty much three words that are used in translating into English as worship. These top two here, get my little marker. Oh, oh, oh. oh, did you die? Where are you? Oh, no. Oh, it's, okay, there it is. So, top two here, this roughly translates to bow down. Prostrate oneself on the ground, bow down. Pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty simple. We, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about those, but those ones here are kind of self, self-describing. But this stop that. This bottom one here, to work. What is going on with this one? This is a weird one. This is a complete side note. I have time to do this, so I'm going to. How many Harry Potter fans do we have? No more pants. So, okay, okay. This Hebrew word is avad. Does that sound maybe familiar to any Harry Potter fans? Anyone? Yeah. Or magician fans in general? So, what is the generic like magic word for just anything other than please? Abracadabra, right? That is a Semitic phrase. Break it down. Avad. Here means to work or to do. Ka is um, thus, therefore. So, avra or avra. Ka, devar means to say. Put that all together, you have this kind of phraseology that means I do, therefore I say. In Hebrew, it's reverse, so it's I say, therefore I do. The idea being, what I say will happen. It's kind of where that phrase abracadabra comes from. So a little side random note tangent for you. But we'll kind of get a little bit of that. So how does 
this word avad, to work, to do, how is this related to worship? How is this related to worship at all? So let's get out of context here. So this is from Exodus 20, part of the Ten Commandments. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether it is in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Now, here we have two of our words here. Shall not bow down. Kalah, the first one we talked about, that makes sense. Do not bow down to them or worship them. How is avad to do, to act? It's a very common word. But how, how do we get worship out of this? Okay, let's maybe start with English. This is a verb. English, you have your verbs. If you add things to them, the beginning or front, not, not the front, either, but the end of them, they change the meaning. So take the word jump. Right? If I add an ed to it, that means it happened in the past. I jumped sometime in the past. If I add an ing to it, I am jumping. I am actively jumping while I'm talking to you, right? Happening right now. You can make verbs passive. I was jumped on. In that case, I'm not the one jumping, I'm the one someone else is jumping on. So you can do this with all kinds of words. Hebrew is no exception. And Hebrew maybe is, is expanded a lot more. The verbal system is very robust. So all verbs start with these three basic letters that carry the meaning, in this case, to do. There is one verbal called stem, or meaning type, that is what's called a reflexive passive. What does that mean? Basically, it means you allow something to happen to you. So if you put it, for our Hebrew nerds watching online, it's kubal binyan. So put all that together, how would we make this for, to work or to do passive reflexive? You allow oneself to become a servant. You allow yourself to be one who does work. You allow yourself to come into servitude. Okay, I'm seeing how this could be maybe worship, but this potentially paints a problematic view of worship, right? Because this is just very much equating worship with work. To, to offer work, to, to do work, right? Well, this kind of goes against some other things we know about God, right? The idea that God's love, God's grace, isn't, you, you can't earn it. It's not, you don't do work, and then you get love, right? That's, that's not a good relationship, and that's not the relationship you have with God. So does this make worship a chore? Well, hopefully not. That, that's not what worship's intended to. So let's, let's jump to another passage and see if we can do some linking together here. Let's jump to the one we talked about earlier, the greatest commandment, where Jesus is asked, you know, describes which of these commandments is the greatest. The, the, the setup here, and then we'll jump in here at, at uh, verse 29 here, halfway down. He's answered, the first, hear, o, o Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your minds, and with all your strength. So Jesus talks about everything flowing from this commandment. Everything in the Old Testament. Because he goes on top of all the, all the laws, all the prophets. They come, come find their fruition. They come from this idea of loving the Lord your God. Everything flows out of this idea of loving God. And notice the 
the hearts. Notice the three or er, different areas Jesus calls out. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Theologians a lot of times will distill that down to three basic areas. The idea of loving God with your body, your mind, and your soul. The idea being that nothing is off limits from loving God. You should love God with your entire being. Everything you do should be because you love God. Every thought in your head should be because you love God. The deepest yearnings of your soul should be driven by your love for God. No element of ourselves should be closed off or shut off from loving God. Okay. So let's take these two things, put them together. How do we kind of reconcile these two passages? How are these passages related to worship? Well, if Jesus sums up the entirety of the Old Testament, the entirety of the Law and the Prophets in this idea of loving God, then worship comes into that too. So then, I would define worship as showing love in the deepest possible way. Showing love for God in the deepest, meaningful way. And that comes out through works, through acts. Acts of love. Acts of love freely given. And I think that's an important distinction between having worship be thought of as a chore, something you have to do, and acts of love, something you can't wait to do. Maybe an example will help. I went to high school with someone who is now an amazing chef. Um, she lived in Los Angeles. She is ridiculously good. Um, and she's talked a lot about kind of her journey as a chef. Like she, she ended up owning a restaurant for a while, decided she didn't work in the restaurant scene, and now is a private chef for people. But she's talked a lot about the difference between working as a chef and cooking at home. The distinction is when she's at work cooking, that's a chore. You enjoy it, you want to enjoy your work, but it's work, right? It's, it's still, she has to do that. When she comes home, she enjoys cooking for her partner. That's a very different mindset. And for her, like, like most people, most chefs that I know, don't like cooking at home. Because this is what I do for work every day, all day. And really, that's the last thing I want to think about when I'm at home. For her, this is how she shows love to her partner. This is an act of love to her partner. So you see kind of the distinction between like the chore side of it and this is a gift freely given. This is how I'm showing love for, in the case of worship, showing love for God. A work versus an act of love. So in talking about worship, there is a lot of times the debate. Is worship, you distill worship down to a feeling, an emotion, like a heart of worship? Or is worship the acts? Is worship the singing? the acts you do. I'm going to cop out and say it's kind of both. Because I think it has to start with that attitude, emotion, love. Worship has to begin with that place of love. And then that flows over into expressions of love. That flows over into the things that you do. So I know there's people who are just shaking their head angry at me, but I don't see how you can put it in one camp or the other. It has to start with the emotion, start with the place of worship, start with that relationship that then spills over into the acts, the acts freely given, the acts of love. 
know, what, what are some ways we do this? What are some of these acts that we commonly see? Well, there's just a couple quick ones up here. The most common one we think of in the church is music, right? Praise, singing, art, all of that. That is an amazing way to show love, to show you care, to express love through singing, active singing. That's not the only one. That's the one that gets kind of highlighted a lot. There's lots of other ones. For example, if you love someone, you probably want to spend time with them, right? That's one of the kind of the biggest complaints people have. I don't have time to see my loved ones. So you recognize time is such an important element. So, prayer. Time with God. That can be an act of worship. Just spending time with God. Sitting quietly, talking with God, even just sitting and listening, sitting in God's presence. That can be an act of worship. So you're spending time with the person you love. What could be another way? If you love someone, you want to know them more, right? You want to know their personality. You want to hear what they have to say. I know when Christine and I were first dating, one of the first times we hung out, we stayed up the entire night, ended up watching the sunrise the next morning, just talking, getting to know each other. So we wanted to know everything about the other person. We want to spend time talking, learning about them. How do we learn about God? The Bible. God gave us a word, his word, for us to read, for us to understand a little bit more of the mind, a little bit more of the heart, the personality of God. To reading our Bibles, that can very easily be an act of worship, getting to know God more. Another way, if you love someone, you probably are gonna to wanna to do what they tell you to do, do what they say, right? I know my mom's, every year for, for you know, Christmas or birthday would come around, we would ask like, you know, what do you want for your birthday? I want you to listen to me. <laughs> okay, right? But like, I, uh, some people are laughing, so I feel like there's some resonance there with that. If, if you love someone, you, you want to do what they say, you, you want to listen to them. What did God tell us to do? Well, we kind of saw it earlier, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Well, what was the follow-up to it? And love your neighbor as yourself. That's what God has called us to do. That's what God has told us to do. Mission helps talking to people about God. We're called to care for people, to care for their right now, where they are, called to care and love them right now, and to care about their forever. So we help, we do mission, we assist people now, we'll talk about God, we'll try to talk about their forever, try to care for their eternal soul. These are just four really quick, simple, I don't say simple, but you know, ways to worship. They're not the only ones. There are a litany of other ways you could worship. And that would be what I would challenge you to do this week. As, and we'll get to it later, but we're going to have some daily devotionals that will be sent out. Yeah, well, there's a stack of them over there. So now, there's a stack of them over there. Um, grab one on your way out. Uh, Lauren will also be posting them on the Ruby social medias every day, some nice graphics. So as you sit with those, they're you know, four or five sentences each, just a paragraph. Think about this week especially. How do you worship? 
You know, they talk about worship as love. You hear that idea there's different love languages, right? So take that same idea and bring it to worship. What is your worship language? What are the ways you worship? What are the ways you best connect with God? What are the best ways you connect with the God that you love? And I think that's kind of the cool thing about worship. There's you know, a lot of cool things, but some of this was not really a single correct way of worship, right? As long as this worship is coming from a place, starting with that place of love, that, that emotional side, it starts with love for God. How does that look for you? It's going to look different for all of us. Every person is going to look different. I remember growing up, um, the, the, the church like, had this idea, you know, when you get to heaven, it's going to be worshiping God forever. And in my head, and because that's what a lot of what you see, it's singing. So I was just sitting there like, I'm going to have to sing forever? That doesn't sound fun. I, mm, I don't know if I like that. But it's that idea of worshiping forever. Sitting in that place of love, worshiping. Sitting, you know, think about it as you get to spend time blessing the person you love most. How, like, that sounds a lot better to me than just, you know, singing for eternity. You get to sit with the person you love most. Spend time with them. Bless them and in turn have them bless you. That's what worship is. Like I said, worship is kind of a two-way street, right? We are worshiping, blessing of, blessing God maybe. Yeah, no, I'm gonna stick with that one. Because it is. When you when you worship, it is a kind of blessing you are giving to God. But when you enter into this place of worship, when you enter into this emotion, this state of true worship, you're also blessed as well. Because it's in these moments that you really genuinely experience God. And really, these moments are the smallest preview of what eternity will be like. The smallest glimpses when you have that moment of connection, that moment of just sitting with God and you feel that love pour down on you. That's what eternity is. When you feel just the smallest measure of the full weight of God's love. These moments of worship. That's what eternity is. That's what we're looking forward to. That's what we've been promised. And so worship is an amazing way to just get a little foretaste of that. You know, a little trailer before the main movie, right? Or an appetizer before the main meal. That's what worship is. So, as we continue to go on this journey together, I'm excited for the next couple of weeks. The devotionals, there's a lot in there. It's going to be fun to hear how we all wrestle with them, how we interact with them. And next week, we're going to do mostly singing. You're only going to have to do with me for like five minutes. Um, we have some people we're going to bring in to just worship with us so we can all just sit and worship. We can sit together. In worship. I'm really excited for that. Um, I hope you guys are excited. This is going to be a fun two-week journey. So we have the devotionals this week, but the devotionals for the next week as well. If you have any questions about any of them, please contact Lauren, myself, anyone. This is something we're really, really looking forward to. So as I invite the worship team up here, we'll close this out in prayer.